Hey there, FPO family, and welcome to another episode of our midweek meditation on the FPO podcast. As we've been doing over the course of the summer, uh, we're looking at the letter or the book in the New Testament that we are beginning or have already begun in the FPO operating plan. So, if you've been following along with us, you know that last week we finished Paul's letter to Corinth, his second letter, 2 Corinthians, and this week uh, we are diving into Mark. And some of you are probably thinking uh, you've got PTSD uh, talking <laughs> about Mark because we just spent literally uh, almost two years walking through Mark's gospel on Sunday morning. So uh, if you've been with us, then hopefully you're actually pretty prepared for reading through Mark. We've got some Mark experts. We've got some Mark church. experts. If you're not prepared for Mark, you'll never be prepared for anything. <laughs> uh, but as we've done, we're going to look at uh, Mark's account of the gospel as a whole, make some observations about the content, make some observations about key themes, and then do a brief overview of the book, trying to highlight some of the unique contributions that it gives us. Um, about Jesus and his ministry here on earth. So James and I are here. You've already heard his voice, and we're going to dive in this morning, uh, or this afternoon, rather. James, um, first, let's do this real quick. You know, uh, Mark is one of four Gospels. Mm -hmm. We could spend a long time here, uh, but give us a sense of maybe why there's four and not just one. And uh, give us a sense maybe of Mark's unique contribution to yeah. the fourfold gospel account that we have of Jesus's life and ministry. That's a great question, particularly even as I think about my own experience reading the gospels, I, you know, I'll confess that I'll be reading through and I'll say, okay, like I read Mark, great, but we just read Luke a few months mm-hmm. ago and it feels like I'm doing the same thing. It feels like I've read all these stories before. And then I feel a little bit bad because like, well, I'm supposed to be reading the Bible and it's about Jesus and it's really great. But I <laughs> you think... You just described my heart. Yeah, there's, there it is right there. And so one of the helpful ways that I have grown in about reading the Gospels is realizing that in the same way that I have a different personality than you, Josh... Mark had a different personality than Luke, who had a different personality than Matthew, who had a different personality than John. And they're all recording accurate and true things, but from their own personalities. I was sitting down with a man in our church a few months ago and just talking about reading the Bible and reading the Gospels. And um, we were talking about kind of this thing and personalities and how it affects really how we interact with our life. But we were just talking about like, oh, you know, this guy was like, I really like Luke. He's a little bit more logical and Luke is giving you the facts and he's really explaining things very clearly. And Mark, on the other hand, I love Mark. It's my favorite because Mark will be going and going and going and then he'll like stop because he knows there's a really good story, right? He, He moves very quickly and there's a lot of really short moments but then you get to a miracle story and mark's like turtle speed this was a good one let me slow down and tell you about how jesus talked to this guy named legion it's crazy and he'll take a really long time to tell this kind of sensationalized story yeah he'll summarize six days in a small paragraph Uh uh-huh and then he'll take a chapter to give you 
the picture of one 20-minute story. Yeah. And, and so it makes me feel like I'm reading a lot. And then when I'm reading a, you know, a smaller thing, it's like a really great story. And so it just really grabs my attention. Mm. So that's just why I love the, the Book of Mark. Yeah. Um, so we, Jesus had these 12 disciples. Yep. We know the story of Judas. So he has these other 11 you know, disciples that walked with him. We know Matthew was one of his disciples. Mm-hmm. His is a firsthand, on-the-ground eyewitness account. Yep. We know Luke was a doctor who was commissioned uh, to basically go do some research and present an orderly account of Jesus' life. Mm-hmm. Luke wasn't there for any of that. It was all evidence that he gathered. Yeah. Uh, and John Mark, was there too. And John was there too. John yeah, was John was there too. Um, Mark also wasn't there. He wasn't wasn't one of Jesus's twelve disciples. How right. did Mark come to write one of the Gospels? Why, why, why do we have Mark? Yeah. Well, we also just finished Acts mm-hmm. in our FPL Bible reading plan, and you were reading along. We were reading along at some point, and we realized that Paul and Mark were buddies, and they walked around and did their first missionary journey together, and. Um, one of the things we have in church history is that Mark, uh, he went with Paul sometime, but he also was a disciple under Peter. Okay. And so... Uh, the Peter, Jesus' disciple. The Peter, Jesus' disciple, who wrote First and Second Peter. Get behind Peter, me, Satan Peter. That guy. <laughs> he features prominently in the book of Mark and interestingly has some very embarrassing moments. And that's interesting because... Um, one of John's disciples named Papius, Papius, he actually tells us that Mark wrote down what Peter had to say. He actually calls him Peter's interpreter or his translator, and he says as well that he didn't put it in any order. He kind of just put it in the order he wanted to. And so that's the reason Mark doesn't look exactly like Matthew and Luke, and it's in a different order. It's because Mark was actually ordering it in order to make some some points. Like he wasn't just trying to give a chronological account. He was remembering the story and putting it into a really nice, interesting, and engaging story. And we were talking a little bit beforehand about kind of the structure of Mark. We've looked at outlines of other books of the Bible. But talk a little bit about how Mark is structured. And so as we're reading through... Um, how we should be thinking about what what's happening. Yeah, very good, very good. So as you said, Peter is the source material here. That's mm-hmm. why we can trust this. Peter was on the ground. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how can we trust Mark? It's like really because he's telling you what Peter said, mm-hmm. and Peter was there. Um, all of the Gospels on one level are just trying to put Jesus Christ forward and say, here he is. Right. This is who he is. And I want to verify that with his teaching, with his miracles. Mm-hmm. I want to show you how he's the fulfillment of everything that God had promised to Israel. Mark is unique in that we don't have this big, long introduction to Mark like we maybe get in Luke. We get definitely in Matthew with genealogies and this and that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark jumps right in, and his intention is to kind of put forward from the very beginning uh, the gospel of Jesus, um, and he wants to connect him very quickly to this is the long-awaited Messiah. Mm-hmm. Israel has been promised a Messiah, a coming king, a coming savior, a coming ruler, and from the very beginning, Mark says that's who this guy is. I yeah. mean, even in the title, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus the Christ. Mm-hmm. Any Jew reading that would have been like, "Wow, oh, quite an opening." That's what you we're know? talking about. Yeah. You've been looking for the Christ. 
this is the beginning of the good news of Jesus, who is the Christ. He, you know, he tells that story about John the Baptist fulfilling, um, you know, that picture of the voice crying in the wilderness, basically saying John the Baptist came to prepare the way for Jesus the Christ. And so from the very beginning, Mark is putting forth Jesus as the Christ. Mm -hmm. And probably the first half of the book is just all of these stories and evidence uh, to that fact, trying to show in Jesus's life and teaching and in ministry, this guy is who he says he is. He is the Christ. He is the one God has sent. Um, In Mark, as with other the other gospel accounts, you get like roughly three years of Jesus's ministry in half of the book, and then you get the final week of his life in the second half. Right. So you're like, wow, I read about three years in eight chapters, and then I read about one week in eight chapters. Mm -hmm. And that's very intentional uh, with Mark as with the other gospel writers, because the climax of Jesus' ministry, his fulfillment of being the Christ Messiah, is his journey to Jerusalem and to the cross. It's a pretty important week. Pretty important week. Uh, so we we get a very quick overview of just a few things that Jesus said and did, basically saying, this is who he says he is. Mm-hmm. And if that doesn't really convince you, hey, remember, this happened. All of these things that happened in that final week of Jesus' life. Um, so a lot of the early parts of Mark's gospel are really trying to build the case. This is Jesus. He is the Christ. Mm-hmm. You ought to... You ought to believe that and build your life on that. The second half is really, um, you know, Jesus looking straight towards the cross, straight towards the resurrection, where he ultimately fulfills his mission to be the Savior and the ruler of God's people. So if you read the first nine chapters of the book, you're like, wow, great, lots of narrative, lots of stories. And you're going to read the second half and be like, man, it's one week that's just been slowed down, double-clicked. Here is the final week of Jesus' life as he ultimately fulfills the most important aspects of his ministry. And that last week gets really repetitive too. Mm -hmm. The things that Mark brings up all feel very similar because he's trying to really make sure you know that what is really important about Jesus' ministry is that he came to suffer and die. Mm-hmm. Um, One of the other things, you know, just yeah, um, go ahead. that we see in Mark's account of the gospel, we see it in other places too, but Mark really dives into this, is the implications and the call of the gospel on our lives. Yeah. I and mean, Luke hits on this too. I can think of a few passages, but even just re- rereading Mark 1, 2, and 3 in the past couple of days, the number of times that Jesus goes to some people and is like, hey, follow me. <laughs> and then we're told, and they dropped their nets and they followed him. They left their father in the boat and they followed him. Mm-hmm. They left the tax booth and they followed him. So uh, Mark is not holding back on saying, because who, of who this guy is, he is the Christ. He's the Messiah. He's the king and ruler. Um, you ought to order your life around him. Mm-hmm. And that's actually his call is to come and follow me. And so the implication of the good news of the gospel on our lives is that we drop everything and we reorder our lives around this one Mm -hmm. who is our Lord, our Savior, and our King. I think that's so good. And then in that same theme, one of the things that I think of in Mark uh, is in chapter... 8, chapter 9. This is right after Peter finally gets it. You know, Mark tells us in verse 1, this is Jesus, he's the Christ. 
But it takes until Mark chapter 8 for anybody around to actually say, uh, Peter says uh, in chapter 8, Jesus says, who, who do you say that I am? And Peter's finally like, you're the Christ. Christ. Mm. That's who you are. And then Jesus immediately says, hey, you're right. I'm here to suffer and die. And then he puts, he, he reinterprets the call. And they've been following around talking about, you know, who's going to be great and looking at all the ways that Jesus' kingdom was going to come about. And then Jesus reworks that and he says that the call on your life when you're following me in chapter 8, verses 34 to 38, I won't read all of this. But if he, said, he says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Mm. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Basically saying, hey, the call on your life is to do what I'm doing. Mm. The call on your life is to suffer and die like I'm doing. We're we're probably not going to have this grand victory over the entire world in this life, even for the church. But what we are called to do is sacrificially serve. Mm. What we are called to do is to follow Jesus into hard areas of life and love people well even when it takes a toll on ourselves, mm. uh, to do what Jesus does, to honor his kingship. Yeah, I mean, it, it, in this context, these are his disciples, and we love that word. You know, mm-hmm. talk about a buzzword in the church, disciples and discipleship. But for the 12 original disciples, what it meant was, I literally followed this guy. Mm-hmm. I went where he went. I did what he did. Uh, so if we're disciples, it's not just some program where we read books and learn things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pursuit of this man, this God-man, following him to the places where he is and where he's going, yeah. which we know is out into the world, into tough situations. Uh, you read about these disciples following Jesus to a demon-possessed man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you read about these disciples following Jesus into the synagogues to debate the religious leaders and to mm-hmm. reinterpret the Old Testament. You see it in all of these other miracles. They're following Jesus into the lives of men and women, bringing the kingdom of God to bear. And so for us, it's no different. Discipleship is not some program we go through where we learn some stuff and now we're disciples. Mm -hmm. Discipleship is a way of life where we look to where Jesus is calling us to go and we obediently follow the path, to use this point. Deny yourself because that's what it's going to take. You're not Mm going to want to follow me a lot of the places I'm going. That's right. And take up your cross and follow me. Come after me. Which sounds painful. Which sounds painful. That's exactly right. So discipleship is... It's a lifestyle of saying, where's Jesus going and where's Jesus calling me? Yeah. And how can I join him actively in being a part of bringing the kingdom to God bear yeah. on that place? In my own life, in my home, in my family, in my community, um, it will require self-denial and the taking up of our cross. James, any concluding thoughts before we wrap up? I hope that this is just a really great... Time, you know, we went through Mark very, very slowly, and to read it in a bigger chunk more quickly, I, I think there's a lot to draw from it just to see how Mark uh, is really showing us Jesus, and I hope it's really encouraging for all of us as we're reading it together as a mm. church family. 
Very good. My encouragement will be, because I resonate with what James said, we so often can read the same stories, and unfortunately in our flesh it can become stale and dry. Um, So I've been reminding myself, and I hope you're encouraged with this reminder, that um, these are pictures of the Lord Jesus Christ in his glory, in his humanity, and they're intended to grow our affection for mm. who this God-man is and yeah. what he does, not only in the lives of these men and women then, but in our lives now. And so a prayer that I often pray, and I, I would commend it to you, uh, I stole it from somebody, so uh, don't think me too wise here, but I, it may even be lines of a song, but it's this, Lord, unveil your beauties to my sight that I might love you more. Mm. And I think there's probably not a prayer that's more... Uh, apt for uh, our Bible reading than when we're literally reading the accounts of the day-to-day life of Jesus. Lord Jesus, unveil your beauty in this story to my sight. Why? So that I would love you more, so that following you would be a joy and life-giving rather than simply a duty. Mm. We hope your Bible reading uh, results in that end, deeper love for Jesus, your Savior. We love you all. Until next time.